Hey everyone, welcome to episode 117 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Ted Quinn, the CEO and founder at Activate Care. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring Ted on. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. How are you today? Doing great, thanks. Great. I'm excited for us to have the opportunity to speak. I think we should dive right into it. I'd love if you could tell the audience a little bit about your background. Great. So uh, my name is Ted Quinn. I'm uh, the CEO and one of the co-founders of Activate Care. Uh, We have been working for the last eight years on uh, thinking differently about healthcare delivery and how you connected the disparate caregivers and communities that often sit outside of healthcare, you know, behavioral health, social care providers. And uh, so my background's in technology and trying to think about new care models and new ways of thinking about uh, how we meet the needs of individuals and families. And you've been, uh, you've been doing this for, for a little while now, right? You've been at the company now for, what is it, eight years? Eight years. Yeah, we started back in 2000, late 2012, early 13. Myself and two physicians over at the uh, Boston Children's Hospital, Harvard Medical School, Zach Kohani and Ken Mandel, and then Clay Christensen over at the Harvard Business School. Um, Each one of us had been kind of impacted by the challenges of working with either loved ones or friends who had fairly complex health situations. Sometimes they were clinical, sometimes they were a mix, right? Clinical and other services and other needs. And how do you enable all those different stakeholders, if you will, or caregivers see each other and be aware of what needs to happen or what, you know, an individual or family is trying to make happen in their lives and how can we provide a shared space where those caregivers across the community can work together to achieve those goals. That's kind of our mission. What was it like, uh, working with, uh, working with that initial, that those initial people, uh, so over Boston Children's Hospital, and then you said, uh, Clayton Christensen. You know, it was interesting. Um, we're fortunate that, um, you know, Clay, Zach, Ken, they're very well known in business and disruption and in healthcare technology. When we started, it was a, it's been an interesting journey. We, we tried to be a little simpler in our approach and say, boy, could we, could we just focus on the clinical setting? You know, uh, and, and Clay was the poster child for this. He's very open about it, right? Uh, cancer survivor, stroke, heart attack. Uh, diabetic, a range of health challenges over the course of his life. And you know, who owns that problem? Well, Clay owns that problem. And it's hard in healthcare for those different silos, the incentives and the workflows don't necessarily align. And it's not a criticism of healthcare, it's just the reality. And, but we quickly learned that um, those stakeholders are kind of embedded inside the, uh, you know, the electronic medical record. And so we continue to kind of move to say, how can we think differently about our care delivery and our solution. And we quickly realized that having these disparate caregivers that often sit outside the walls of the clinic engaged and involved and around what the goals the individual has. And I think that's another important lesson learned for us is that you've got to focus on what, you know, if if I were one of them, what, you know, what Ted's trying to make happen in his life versus what I want to see happen in Ted's life. (laughs) And so enabling those goals to be surfaced is what's critical for us. And so we learned pretty early that you've got to think more broadly about care that presents other challenges, but it's an important job to be done. That's interesting. And, and, and before you were at, you were working on this, you were at, was it Vecna? Yeah. Vecna Technologies. 
how did your experience there um i, I feel like you know that's that's a very well-known um company especially um you know amongst uh amongst like the boston the boston yeah. scene right yeah. um how did like your experience there help you in in this well it was it was a really great experience you know vecna as a company was is focused on a couple different silos at the time right they were in infection control and infection surveillance they were looking at uh, patient workflow particularly as coming into a health system specifically or a delivery system they were looking at how you could apply things like robotics as part of a more on the operational side versus the clinical side but for the operations of a hospital or health center and so they had these disparate kind of lanes they were swimming in. And it was, for me, a real rich opportunity to kind of better understand things like patient workflow and the role of VMR and other technologies and thinking about integration and thinking about some basic operations of the hospital. But one of the things I, <clears throat> I kind of took away from that experience was the need to get really focused. And that's always a challenge with businesses of how do you get really focused on a key job that such organizations are trying to make happen. And when you think about patient care, we often default to, well, let's look at their clinical care or let's look at their payment with their, with their insurers or their health care payer providers. And we quickly realized that you know, there's a meaningful job in connecting the disparate organizations that are so central to the outcomes that we wanna see. And often they're not clinical. What? Was anything with the business affected as a result of, obviously last year was a crazy year, right? With the pandemic, um, was like the work structure of your team, did everyone go like, how was everyone liking in a remote structure? Do you think that'll still kind of continue for the company for, for some time? Or are you gonna maybe work on a hybrid? This is a question I've just started really asking because it's been one that's been coming up more in conversation, right? As right. Uh, you know, I'm not saying the, the end of the tunnel is super near, but we're closer than we were last year, right? To, right. to getting to out of this pandemic. Um, what, what are like your thoughts on like the future of how your company will work? Well, it's a great, it's a great question. And something we've started, we've been talking about, but a bit more energy on more recently, like most organizations, we went remote in the beginning of March of 2020. Um, you know, our teams, we haven't been in person or in the office since that time. I go in, you know, every week for a day or two a week, just to turn on the lights and <laughs> check the mail and that kind of stuff. But it's an interesting question because if you look at the, some of the data, right, the, the models that are emerging are going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. You know, they've, some organizations are describing 40% of companies are going to go to some, uh, uh, hybrid model, excuse me, uh, coming back in person, 50% some hybrid model and 10% remote. And I'm not sure if those statistics are right, but those are the things that I've heard. For us, kind of moving to remote, it was amazing how productive um, different parts of the business or organization became. Now, just our ability to not have to commute an hour or two or plus every day gave people more time. Um, that's had some trade-offs with the sense of connectedness and new employees that joined the organization and a sense of kind of this family and team we're working together. I always worry about that. But I've also been concerned that kind of some of the hybrid models are um, going to be kind of lukewarm <laughs> and not have the impact we want to see. So for us, we've been talking about, is there some model where uh, we rotate through the office or we have some number of days of the week we're in the office, but I don't, I don't see work going back the way that it was before. I just think we've been able to demonstrate that um, 
not only from an operating standpoint, you can be very effective with the technologies that we have today that we didn't have 30 years ago when I started my career, and or it opens the door to a broader set of resources on a national level to find good people. And so we've seen that also, the ability to kind of source if we have a different operating model. So I think we're going to learn our lessons and we're going to learn a lot over the next year or two as companies try to think through this model and what the model looks like. But it's clear from my perspective that um, it's not going to be the same. I remember like commuting to before I lived. So, you know, I, I no longer live there. I'm in Florida now, but I lived in Boston. And yes. I remember before that I was commuting from New Hampshire to Boston every day. Uh, and what I was doing was I was driving like 30 minutes, <laughs> taking a train 30 minutes. And then if I missed the train, which would happen based on lights, right, it's another 30 minutes. Yeah. So it would be anywhere from a one to two hour commute one way. So two to four hours of my day was just commuting. And right. uh, I'd like to see, you know, how lower people's stress levels are. Obviously, there's different levels of stress now that you're home because yep. uh, a lot of people, you know, that, that have children, they, here. It, it's it's even more right because they're now they're always with their kids and they they have to still do their job like there's a lot to balance yep. um but yeah i've been looking i've i haven't seen many reports that said a company is going to go back full-time in the office i think that is gone yeah well, what's interesting the other side of that is that the challenge can be is that um you have uh you have worked with you all the time right? At least the part of the benefit of going to work is that you have the separation, right? This, I'm in a different place, different setting. I could focus elsewhere versus when you're working from home, I think there's a, to your point, the stress or the sense of anxiety is not only the busyness of activities that are going on in your home, but also um, the fact that work is always here <laughs> or work is now here. And so they'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how those things play out for sure. Yeah, I mean, we've seen people that end up working more than they probably would in an office, not because we're telling them or anything like that. They're just like, there's always something to do. I'm at home. I don't have the commute. And that's a challenge that needs to be monitored, right? Like you're saying, yep. because um, people can still get overworked or stressed based on that. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's certainly interesting. We've also looked at maybe having like a, a solid co-working space, like in different areas. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, and cycle, cycle through that, at least like give people the option if they need to get out of their house for six hours to go work in a quiet Similar. spot. Similar. Yeah. So I, I think co-working spaces will actually do really well post, uh, post pandemic. Um, well, the ones that are still around, obviously some really got hit hard. Um, yeah. but yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at that. Um, interesting. I, I want to circle back real quick because there's another thing I wanted to ask you before we wrap up. What are some of the things uh, in terms of uh, your business that you're really looking forward to in, uh, well, we're already three months in, but in, in 2021? Well, you know, it's interesting. These kind of care models uh, where they're often referred to as community information exchanges, where communities, organizations are recognizing that um, these whole person care models, being able to enable all these stakeholders that are touching individuals to see each other and work together. That's a trend that I, I don't think we can take out of the box. I mean, the genie's out of the, out of the lamp there. I think that organizations and communities recognize that in order to see the outcomes we want to realize, uh, we have to stand up these models of care. And there's been a headwind with COVID, right? Uh, I'm looking for PPE. I'm looking for body bags. I'm trying to get people vaccinated or tested. And I think as the... Um, as we see vaccinations continue to roll, I don't think it's going away anytime soon, 
but I think you're going to see the attention turn to these types of care models. If anything, we've learned through COVID, it's the reality that these other services have only been amplified, right? So if I'm positive and you want me to do the right thing, how can I do the right thing if I don't have a way to get food or if I'm losing my home or if I, uh, I can't get to the doctors or I can't go with my family member who, or loved one who's ill. So I, I think these things have exposed some of the challenges with our systems and recognize that such services and needs are really central to um, you know, outcomes we wanna see in terms of health and cost, the experience individuals and families have in their care, the providers and how they're recognized, compensated uh, and um, supported as people move through these more complex care. So I'm really excited about that because it's only just amplified the need. And, and just so our audience knows, I, I don't want this to be the, the last time we speak. I want to have you and other members of your team on the podcast multiple times, you know, hopefully this year where we can dive into the other aspects of your business. This is really your intro podcast where we get to know you, the company, and, uh, you know, some additional background. And then we get to also have a, a cool conversation about what we're going to do as far as going back to work. Right. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I, I really appreciate your time and, and look forward to having you and other members of your team on the podcast in the near future. Well, absolutely. Well, stay healthy. All the best. You as well. Thanks. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week. (music) Thank you.